shit. What's up, everybody? It is Mackin Carol. That's my name, and this is a podcast. That didn't rhyme, and it sounded like it was going to. And if I keep talking in this way, it makes it sound like I'm going to rhyme. <laughs> How are you? You? How are you doing? What's uh, What are you doing right now? You walking around? You uh, in your car? You uh, trying to go to sleep? Well, guess what? Now you're hanging with me. What's good? That's right. Deep breath in. Deep breath out. Cool, 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 guys. It's the summertime. I'm sweating like a dog. I got real bad armpit sweat stains. I've Googled it many times recently. Because I'm trying to, one by one, improve the self. Level up, as it were. A process that requires so much patience and kindness. You know, that's the part I always forget. I'm always like, level up, level up. <clears throat> I always do it in this like really mean way. Where I'm just punching myself in the face all the time. That sucks. No need for that. No need. See ya. Yeah, guys. Doing some laundry. Recently got a washer dryer in my place. Whoa. Big life upgrade. Yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wearing my Metallica t-shirt right now. This is a t-shirt that I've been on many journeys with. I used to, uh, I took a classical music theory class in, uh, in college. And I studied popular music. And there was this sort of, uh, whether it was just perceived or whether it was real, there was this sort of like, you know, air of, there was this tension between the classical kids and the popular kids, you know, because we're, we're from these different tribes. And popular music was, like, new at the school, you know. And a lot of times that wasn't real. And it was just we were all just hanging out, making music, learning about each other's traditions and shit. But sometimes it was real. Both ways. Both the pretension and the anti-pretension, you know. Uh, both people being like, what you do is dumb, what I do is cool. You know. Anyways. Blah, 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 blah. Insecurity, projecting, all that good shit. Anyways, one of the times it was very real was when I was in this classical music theory class. And I remember on the first day, everybody was going around uh, talking about like what instrument that they played. Because the teacher was like, let's all go around say what instrument we play. And we'd be like, I'm Jeremy, I play uh, the oboe. I'm Ronald, I play the harp. <laughs> I don't know why they're all old ghosts. <laughs> I'm Camila and I sing alto. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, everybody's going around saying their classical instruments. And I was like, What's up? I'm Mackin. I play the bass guitar. And uh, I remember so specifically my teacher uh, saying, Oh, is that the one with the little chord that comes out of it? Whoa, dude! Fuck you! <laughs> Didn't need to be so condescending about the instrument I play. Um, clearly, as a lot of pent up angst, uh, you know. Anyways, but it, it was, uh, you know, <laughs> it was sort of a shitty thing to do. And uh, I just remember in that moment being like, I am going to ace this class purely in spite of you, you motherfucker. <laughs> I ended up getting on his good side. Um, but I just remember, uh, 
thinking like, wow, dude, that sucked, you know? Uh, and so I wore this Metallica shirt very often in that class and sat in the front row. And I just wanted to be like, I can fucking play this fucking game, motherfucker, just as good as you. Fuck you. <laughs> oh, spite. Well, that is maybe the only time in my life where spite has been good. <laughs> I'm going to use this anger to fuel my education. <laughs> Ah, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. The other time that I... I may have told this story on this podcast, but I don't think I have. Um, the other time I wore this T-shirt uh, was when I was in Ireland. Um, I was I was woofing over there, which is like a volunteer farm stay exchange thing anyone can do. It's on the internet. Most countries uh, have woof programs, W. W-O-O-F. Look that shit up. It's cool. If you want to hang out in another country for cheap and, uh, you know, have a cool experience on a farm. I recommend it. Anyways, I'm over there between farms. And uh, I am going to see Radiohead because I had seen them in the States at a festival. But I had a shitty spot for the festival because I wanted to see Sufjan Stevens front row and so I, I was late to the Radiohead concert and uh, I remember being like fuck I want to see Radiohead front row so bad um, or at least a decent spot and so I uh, fucking got some Radiohead tickets I got one Radiohead ticket for myself they are playing in Dublin and I was like oh shit I'm going to see Radiohead in Ireland this is cool. Um, also, most of the people I ran into, I could talk to about Radiohead, you know, whether it was a cab driver or bartender. It's just like, everybody loved Radiohead in Ireland. <laughs> I, talked to, I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> oh, yeah, and Rainbow, it's a great fucking record. <laughs> I loved it so much. Anyways, I remember talking to one of the cab drivers and he was saying like, oh, don't go for the pints at the stadium. You know, they're going to, they're going to cost you, you know, make sure to have a couple at the pub or something. Um, and I was like, uh, in my head, I was like, yeah. Or what was happening in my head was like, I was like, I don't need to drink <clears throat> at this show. Like, you know, I don't need to use alcohol to deepen my experience. I can just fucking go and have a good time, you know? Maybe I'll, and then I, and then I was like, um, dude. Maybe I'll have a couple of beers. That sounds pretty fun. You know, I was drinking Guinness at this time because fucking went in Ireland, you know, and I was loving it. And then I started thinking to myself, like, basically what happens was I pull over at a pub and I, like, kind of pound two pints of Guinness, you know, which is a lot of liquid and it's a lot of alcohol. Anyways, so I, I'm also, like, somewhat of a lightweight these days, you know? Um, not physically, I definitely am a chunky dude. Jesus Christ, ticks to the story! Okay, pull up at the show. I'm fucking gonna pee my goddamn pants. <laughs> I think in my head, and I, like, uh... Oh, no, that hasn't happened yet. I, I see fucking the opening act. It is Johnny Greenwood playing the bass and some sort of like Eastern, Middle Eastern music project that he's doing and it's really cool and I'm really into it and I'm like working my way up and now I'm at the front. I'm in the, like the front, couple rows, you know, it's a standing room. And then, uh-oh, 
now I have to pee so bad. And it's like the opening band finishes and I'm like, I could leave right now and I could go to the bathroom. But I choose not to do this because I am a fool. And I think to myself, and it keeps getting later and it keeps getting later. And it's like, dude, Radiohead's going to come on any fucking second now. And I don't want to lose this goddamn spot. So I'm wearing this Metallica t-shirt. And I also had purchased a Radiohead t-shirt from the merch stand. Um, And I think to myself, I know what I'm going to do. I don't have to fucking leave this place. And I can also relieve this uh, need to pee. And... I did maybe one of the most... This is probably definitely the grossest thing I've ever done physically. Um, is what, basically, I created a human diaper. Human diaper makes it sound like it was a person. I, I created a diaper. Uh, I, I put this Metallica shirt around my penis and my pants. And I uh, was just like, all right, dude, I'm going to fucking pee my pants on purpose. <laughs> and uh tom york comes out on the stage and he points right at me and says who the fuck is this no (laughs) no radiohead starts coming out also that was a crazy tom york impression so radiohead starts coming out on stage they're playing uh daydreaming off the um moonshaped pool record uh because this is when that was uh the new record and so it's like, do, 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 do. And like fucking Ireland is cheering. And like, you know, there's like this like kind of spacey stars background. And fucking Tom York is going up to the mic. Dreamers. And I'm fucking fully peeing <laughs> in my pants, you know? And just ex- I'm accepting it and I'm just owning it. And like, no one around me seems to be noticing. Or maybe I was drunk off my ass and everyone was like, what the fuck is happening? But I sort of use the excitement of the first moment of the Radiohead concert to uh, cover the fact that I was fucking pissing in my pants. And, uh, you know, and then I fucking, uh, you know, it, it mostly went in the t-shirt. Probably a little got in my jeans or something. And then I uh, just fucking threw the t-shirt on the ground. I was like, I'll deal with that later. Enjoy the concert. People probably got my fucking pee on their shoes, dude, you know? There's kind of a gross floor, you know, there's beer. There's also literally now my pee on that floor. Um, so I probably, you know, probably shouldn't have done that for the sake of health and other people. Anyways, I did it, and I fucking had a great time at the Radiohead concert, and then afterwards I found a plastic bag, and I put this shirt in the bag, guys. <sighs> Went home, or staying at an Airbnb, and then washed it immediately. And uh, fucking keep them still wearing it to this day, you know? Got it at a uh, thrift store in Orange County, Costa Mesa. Uh, Love Metallica, you know? It's the Ride the Lightning shirt. I uh, listened to Metallica a bunch when I was in middle school. Um, It's very about it. It was very about, very into Cliff Burton, you know? I was watching a ton of his uh, interviews and shit as a kid. And I loved it. I loved it so much. Um, and then, you know, and then you see, like, these, like, Metallica shirts become, like, very trendy. And you're like, what the heck? Freaking, that's 
you know, you just go to Urban Outfitters, you see Master of Puppet shirts, and you're like, what the heck? That's freaking, I like this band. You don't like this band. And the reality is, I don't fucking know. I don't fucking know. Who likes this band? Who doesn't like this band? We should all be able to wear a t-shirt band we like. Band t-shirts are weird, you know? Because a lot of times it's like, you don't fucking, you know, they're that shitty fucking <laughs> part of me that was like, what, prove it. Name fucking six fucking deep cuts. And it's like, dude, shut up. <laughs> ah, you know? This is also the t-shirt that Aziz Ansari wore in his most recent comedy special, which is very interesting. Because um, he sort of apologized, but he didn't maybe like apologize as much as he could have. I don't know. But he's also wearing this shirt. And so I was like, oh, damn. Do I want to wear this shirt now? Is this like the fucking Aziz shirt? <laughs> it, was, it was a great comedy special. It was interesting. I was like, I thought he could have been more... Uh, I thought he could have owned up to shit more um, than he did. But he tried, and that counts for something, I guess. And I felt comfortable watching the rest of the special. But I think he could have done more. Anyways, oh, those are all my thoughts on this one shirt I'm wearing! We have a cool episode today with my friend Logan. I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. Grimay? Grime? Oh, boy, I should have figured this out before I recorded this. My friend Logan's on the show today, guys. And he's in a really dope band called Mini Matilda. I said, it sounded like I said Mini. I said Midi. Midi Matilda. Let the record show I said Midi Matilda. Okay? Cool. All right, guys. I'm fucking hyped. Cool guy, drummer, free thinker, entrepreneur, uh, creative, uh, fucking cool guy. Cool thoughts. Cool conversation. Love you. Happy Sad Talk thing forever. Here we go. Happy Sad Talk thing. Happy Sad Talk thing. Happy Sad Talk thing. Happy Sad Talk thing. I don't know anything. I'm just happy and sad and stuck. What's up, man? What up? You need a sec to get here. I'm getting situated live. Get situated. Do your thing. You brought us these wonderful kombuchas. Yeah, this is my buddy's uh, company, Whalebird Kombucha. Whoa. He, he was just staying with me last night down here, and uh, my buddy Mike, who I went to, been in school with since like fifth grade. Yeah. And heck yeah, Mike! I helped. I helped uh, do his Kickstarter for this company maybe really? ten years ago. Whoa! And he, uh, his first batch was made with uh, hose water, so things have upgraded. <laughs> I've got Purple Rain CBD Holbert kombucha, and I Wild. got the classic Dread Hop Pump Lamousse. Incredible! They do good stuff. I didn't know kombucha had been around for ten years. I think kombucha's been around since. Game of Thrones time. Mm. Whoa, this is delicious. Yeah. This is what I always imagined like purple flirp would taste like in the Jimmy Neutron world. Do you ever taste, do you ever watch that show? I know Jimmy Neutron, but I never watched the show. How? Oh, just like peripherally? I knew it, it, its existence. It might have been a little bit before my time or after my time. It's kind of like, I guess, like the Krabby Patty of that show. It was like the staple, the staple, like, 
oh, you gotta have purple flurp. Like they made up a thing. For I the like show. that. So I love. You can never taste it. But I like had a relationship with it. I love names of like funny names for food that are catchy. Like my my buddy and I, back in uh, just post high school, came up with an entire menu that was na- that was all based off of a particular imaginary berry that we created called the Blumpleberry. Blumpleberry. <laughs> and so we made an entire menu list of what would be served at one two three Blumpleberry Lane. Wow. What are some of these items? Plump cakes. Uh, br- nice. uh, I think there was br- Brambleberry Crisp. Um, uh, this is very quaint and nice. <laughs> it sounds just like things that you want to eat. Yeah. Give me those crisps. Dude, we should do that one time. I want to like have this thing exist. I imagine it's yeah. sort of a combo of a strawberry and a blueberry. A blumpleberry. Mm. Some might think that's a weird word, but to me it sounds like delicious... Uh, treats from Willy Wonka. Yes, definitely fits in that canon of words. Feels like it would be like some kind of mythical treat. You know, you're wandering through the woods, you stumble upon a nice cabin, blumpleberries. Let's. <laughs> Someone's making blumpleberry pie. I hope so, man. So, what's your? You said your day has been a mixed day. Yeah. Well, sometimes I don't know. Like I'll go in and out of feeling. Man, I'm lucky to be alive. This is sick. Yeah. Damn, I'm grateful. And then sometimes it's just like caught up in, I will always fail forever. Of course. Of course. Yeah. What does that second one feel like, specifically? Feels like... Can't relate. I've never been mm. sad or cynical. <laughs> I guess the feeling would be that it's just a general overarching feeling of, um, like... If you if you were as good as you think you are, the world would know this by now. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get that a lot, man. But then the other side of that is, you know, being excited about life and everything, and being creative more than any other time in my life. Right. It's like just become more extreme, and I also just know mm. what I know how to trigger myself into the negative mindset, and it's really stupid. Well, that's, I mean, there's so many billions and billions of reminders all the time in our world. I mean, this is well-trodden territory. These aren't new points, but I mean, like, lateral comparisons, like Instagram. You know, you go on there, there's like a quantifiable number of how much cooler (laughs) someone is than you. Or how much more popular their band is or whatever, you know. I get in my head about that shit. Yeah. And it's, uh, it's so dumb, and I know it when I'm doing it. And I'm like, why am I... I'll I'll get a combination of being incredibly excited for somebody else's success and at right. the same time being what I will say is this is what I'll say if I'm being really honest I'll say yeah I'll say I don't think that's I don't think that that's if that is uh if people are seeing this in what they are doing then it means I'm really great <laughs> right because I don't think what they're doing is that special but people are like attracted towards it which is kind of this weird flow of i get excited about it but then i'm like or am i wrong (laughs) everything i think wrong yeah yeah it's interesting like hanging out in that brain space being like is there any sort of productive information or (laughs) like is there anything useful in this space no probably not (laughs) nothing (laughs) for all the time i spend there you know yeah and it's 
it sucks because if I'm in a really strong mindset, I will look at these things from other people and truly just feel like excitement. Like, yes, get yours. Awesome. And just be in that flow, which is a really like positive place yeah. to be in. I think you said something last time we hung out about like the ship rises all tides. Yeah. What a great expression. I've used it probably a hundred times since I've seen you. Awesome. I was like, cause that, I feel like that is the benevolent version of seeing your friend's success and being like, oh, this is this is great. This is positive. We, it, like, we can all capture this momentum and Absolutely. be inspired. Be inspired. But yeah, I, I, sometimes it'll happen where it's like, I'll build a relationship in my mind with somebody, let's say through Instagram, right? Or right. I follow, I, I follow them. And I have a thread of connection to them. I may have talked with them once. I may have not talked with them at all, but I know it's a friend of a friend. So I'm like, oh, I'm curious, you know? And that's really weird when you start to make that personalized to, as a comparison point, right? Whereas if you're to take everybody in, who, let's just say music, or doing art, right? You put that as a whole, it's like you you could look at any one person and compare yourself to them. Right. And so you're just deciding to focus in on this and focus in on even you know people that are just close to you because it allows you to like gain perspective on yourself. Right. As far as you can, it's something comparable. Right. Yeah. I I often catch my brain doing this in a whole host of ways, but definitely the lateral comparison shit as far as, uh, definitely seems to me, like, feels like a form of self-abuse <laughs> for me, you know, where it's like, oh, I'm taking this very specific thing of this person's life and not really examining their whole being nor am I examining like my whole being, you know? I'm like, we got totally different things going on, you know? Do I want to trade all of my shit for all of their shit? No. Yeah, and that's what's Maybe. I guess and that's a big that's a big thing that's really fucked and, and hard to digest with something like Instagram where you compare your behind the scenes to other people's highlight reel. Yeah. Right? You're just seeing you're seeing the special moments and then it just appears that everything is fucking going amazingly well. And sometimes it like yeah. legitimately looks like it is, but you don't know when people are insanely depressed or they are um, going through really dark shit and that's just, you're just seeing this sort of gloss on top of it. It's weird because it's like, even though we know this consciously, just like the subconscious effect of even like a, like I have a little time limit I put on Instagram and it's still just like an instant scroll. I'm just like, that person's hot. What I, all this stuff I don't it's like all this stuff I don't have you know mm -hmm. and it's like I'm trying to think of either ways to transform the experience you know without just limiting it I've I've experimented with this actually will you walk me through your yeah experimentation because my relationship is yeah I mean maybe it's it's probably not very unique but it's that <coughs> I really want to contribute a lot to that space. I think it's right. fun to show people what you're up to. I think it's fun to share it. If you're in the right mindset, it's really like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. You know, you're not thinking about it at all. And so when you see people living that on a regular basis, you're like, you son of a bitch, how are you able to get into that mind space and not give a shit? <laughs> right. So, so what so I did. how we became friends was on Instagram a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Like we hung out and then we were sort of like poking at each other's stories for a second. Here we are hanging out. Uh, absolutely. Please but, continue. Yeah. The, um, Okay, I made a, I made a, I have a couple different accounts that are just like hidden accounts from people. Oh, really? Yeah. So I'll like go on there and I'll I'll test things. Or what I was doing for a bit was I was forcing myself 
to post every single hour of the of the day when I was up to see what it would feel like Whoa. to try to break through whatever you know mental boundaries for me there's a lot of mental boundaries of why post something like nobody ca- nobody cares and i don't want to see the uh response of it confirming that it's a really weird cycle i was thinking about this today like i didn't all that stuff came on a little bit uh i was you know in the middle of middle like end of middle school high school when the internet was really forming and so yeah. after that it's you know people grow up with that so they're much more comfortable with it but for me it's hard for me to get into that mind space sometimes and then other times it's incredibly easy <laughs> i don't get it yeah it's strange man and then also like also using it as like a tool of like commerce or like you know as unpunk rock as it is to say being like yeah like this is like for my band my business my brand whatever you know and yeah. so it gets really it gets really messy in that space. Yeah. It is, it is a mind fuck. Yeah. I'm so curious <laughs> of what the future holds for what that's going to be like eventually. And if there are going to be any limitations, are people going to really recognize how that drug is, you know, f- can fuck you up and fuck a lot of people up? That's wild, man. Yeah. How do you normally spend your days? Do you have like a day or is it always changing? It is always changing if I'm doing music or if I'm doing video editing. Today I was doing video editing. But if I was doing like music on a just like, which I have to recognize when those days happen, I'm like, oh, this is everything I would ever want happening right now. This is what this, this is that moment. So acknowledge it right now. Right. (sighs) Totally. That's easy to not acknowledge it. Yeah, much yeah. easier. Focus on negative shit. But yeah, I uh, would just be waking up, and then uh, Skylar, who I do music with, would come over, and we would just make something, um, make some, make make a song from scratch, and kind of see it all the way through, go on the whole musical experience. Which, you know, been working on that for a long time to like hone in that thing of how to, you know, lock in to creating something and contain it and see it through. Wow. Which we've gotten yeah. we've gotten just a shitload better of that after working on music together for like nine years. Right. And I'm sure part of that is working on your own creative process and then also in conjunction with this other person. Yes. Do you, mm-hmm. you guys have roles, would you say? Yeah. And we've recently sort of defined those a little bit more after working yeah. together for, you know, so many years where we both, we met in school going uh, for audio engineering, sound arts, they called it. Word. And so uh, through that process, we'd be in the studios there recording, recording each other on the mixing console back and forth. But over the years, more of my place is to sort of guide the process through and I guess produce. Um, and Skylar's really the songwriter. But there's a there's a gray area where he right. may be recording and I may be suggesting melodies. Change, hey, can you give me a different word that sounds like this? Yeah, and then I will be, you know, building the track out. And so we kind of both dabble in both of those things. Yeah. But we've very recently talked about just kind of defining those a bit more individually, just recognizing that this is really what you do and this is really what I do, right? And owning that more, which has been very fun. Very has exciting. it been helpful to clarify that? Yeah, we did a we did a songwriting session with a buddy of ours the other day, um, a guy named Tom Payton, and 
it was, dude, it was like, you know, between Skylar and I, we have, we'll have like drama between, uh, you know, who is doing what role or having one having control over an idea, right? Two way back and forth. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so for the first time we had a buddy of ours come over and write a song with us, which I kind of talked Skylar into doing. I'm like, dude, I think we should do this. We should explore where this goes. Right. And I mean, it's crazy that it just happened because this was many years in the making and it finally it happened and we were ready to do it and I just I took the role of kind of running the session of the production of it and they were right. in the other room writing and then I just kind of okay this is what's happening I could get out of the way it's it was a very cool experience very yeah successful. wild and this is after how many uh, years of working together like 10 whoa cool doing a song we'd worked with different producers and people before but we yeah had a <clears throat> certain ways or like probably mostly me the way that i would deal with the session would hinder it yielding a poop but yielding but yielding a thing right i would be like no it's we can't be done unless it's, it has to be good but i'm like no it can be bad yeah totally oftentimes like what keeps me from making anything is like my fear of not making the sickest thing mm. and then i just do nothing damn you know Dude, how many times does that happen to people just as a whole, you think? Oh, every day. <laughs> every time you're not writing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. I don't know how much anyone should be writing, but there are definitely a lot of times where I could be writing where I'm not, you know? <laughs> you're really good. I really like your lyrics. Thanks, and man. I like your I like your Likewise. I like your originality. I like I really like your songs. It's actually a group of songs. I don't often like gr- groups of things. I'm usually disappointed, but with your shit, I'm like, this is good. Oh, this is good too. Thanks, bro. And I've shown people too. Hell yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah. It's something that I as I'm like you know, entering this this freelance world mm-hmm. of like working artists, you know. I'm trying to make sure that I'm like remembering to cultivate that thing, you know? Cuz I feel like that's really where as far as contributing goes, I feel like that is where I have the most to contribute. And so I'm often like working on these other skills, you know? Like what? Mixing, mm. producing, that type of stuff, yeah. which is really fun and I love it. I got a lot to say about this. It's like I was listening to a podcast the other day and it was some guy was talking about like, you know, there's a fucking pitcher. It's like, should he spend his time? Like, if he's like shitty at batting, it's like, Okay, does he have to be a better batter? Like, dude, maybe he's just like, fuck, you just fucking crush pitching, dude, you know? And so basically I'm just like trying to think about, you know, where to spend my time. That's a know? really, that's a, that's a very important thing to do in my mind. Yeah. And th- like going back to the conversation with Skylar, that's, that is the conversation. Right. Because you're someone who occupies different roles and like. I do, yeah. Yeah, I do, I do different roles, but. It's a matter of really recognizing what do you what is it that you do that is special to you. Right. You know, you can be of you can be a jack of all trades master of none. You can do that or and another thing is in regards to that doing like production and working on the computer, working on the technology is in my way if you are a songwriter is a uh, it's just getting in the way of pulling something out of you that is special and unique to you. Mm. And you happen to be somebody that when you write, it's not like just generic. It's extremely you, which is a very special thing that you're able to do that. Thanks, Todd. And so for you, for you, like the more that you can get the tech out of the way and, and tap into that, dude, that's the gold. Like, yeah, hell yeah. Did you have those moments in your 
in your artistry where you're like, this isn't my way? No, not for not for me because I'm on the other side of it. For Skylar, working with him, that's something that, uh, you know, he'll always be involved in making the, the music and being a part of that. But having him just take, instead of being, hey, I'm like a songwriter, producer, this, that, and the other, being able to hone into the one thing and be in that mindset allows, I think, for more creativity and more um, harnessing of what, you know, your unique special voice or your thing that you have to offer the world that cannot be re- replicated, right? You can, there are yeah. people that walk into a, a room and can write a song with somebody else or write their own song and give it to somebody else or do their own thing. And that is so much more of a, a I think, a unique and special quality that's more sought after, anyways. Mm. Word. Yeah, but versus like my mindset, I don't write songs on my on my own. It's not where my heart is, not where my brand goes. But it's but what I'm thinking about literally all fucking day is, you know, instrumentation and, yeah. and looking at it as like a, a puzzle and how to make the perfect puzzle and how to fit those pieces within that area and what and why things work and how to you know we've talked about musical theories and concepts and things and that's I'm not even very skilled when it comes to music theory i can like figure certain things out but i kind of like that as a limitation for me there's a lot of people i know they know too much and it gets in their way because they have to utilize it whereas i have to just base off of how it sounds versus what is exactly happening which i'm embracing that yeah i'm responding to your own instincts and things and hell yeah joe i'm curious what so you have this you're studying sound arts and then I'm curious about just how any freelancer like makes their way into the world, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And like, what did that look like in your sort of uh, just out of college days, like trying to figure out how to get a living together while also making art and creating fulfilling stuff? Another conversation that I have a lot with friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I with uh, in regards to freelancing, I I like uh applied to jobs when I was towards the end of school and uh, got a gig working for a little company. Is this in Oakland where you're from? Um, I'm from Marin County, which is in the Bay Area. Um, And at the time, I was going to college in Emeryville, which is basically in Berkeley. Okay. And uh, and so I applied to... applied to one job and I got it like I went on the interview and I got it and it was just like a little kind of helping editing thing it fucking sucked it was in a beautiful location but it was a video thing yeah a video video editing thing and um did that for a while and then I met some uh saw some like videos online and responded to a friend that of a friend and said hey this is this is cool we should do this got somehow linked up into a job where I showed up to the job and was helping on the set uh I don't know, take footage or something. Yeah. And I met this guy named Mike. Is film like a passion of yours? Um, it's more so just like a skill set that I have. It's a passion it's a passion of mine in certain moments in making like music videos and little fun videos, but right. it's more so it's like it's just like a, a thing that I know how to do. Yeah. For sure. Um so yeah, f- it's fun, but it's not my like I don't like I just watch it's not what you're thinking about all it's day. It's not what I'm thinking about all day, no. Word. Um and so yeah, I was working at this job, and I uh, worked on this thing, and I said to this dude in the car on the way back I just met, I said, uh, or he said, you should just go freelance. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, how do you do that? He goes, you just do it. I'm like, okay. Um, and th- and th- after that conversation, I uh, 
I stopped working at the spot that I was working at and just kind of was like work doing a, a couple of things with him. And then did that just, I actually did a chart recently where I wrote my name in the middle of a piece of paper and drew a web out of it that it said like family, friends, high school, college, like things I'd, that were just going to be in my life and where, where connections came out of that web. Yeah. And, and how I, like, how was I led to you? Right. Let's go there. Let's do it. Petro? No, we got to go back. <laughs> we got to go back. Okay, yeah. so it'd be me in high school playing in bands, me being introduced to the band that Petro was playing in, Dizzy Balloon, or it was actually a band before that. I probably threw a friend of mine. I don't remember which one. Ended up going and playing shows with them. Having a connection with Petro that has gone for now, like, probably, like, fi- at least 15 years. Really? Yeah. You guys didn't... Were you guys not friends? No, no. We've always been friends. We just, we are now, live near each other, so we're better friends now. But right, always, yeah. I would play drums and, you know, fill in for his band, and I was always aware of them in the Bay Area. Yeah. Uh, and then that led to, yeah, not talking for many years, just based off of proximity, and then moving down here and going over to a party at his place, and there you were. Yeah! An office trivia party. An office trivia party, yeah. That was maybe only like the second or third time that I had met Petro even. Mm-hmm. I, do you know Shab? Mm-mm. Shab knows Petro. I knew Shab just through people from school. And she was like having an improv comedy night Nice at Petro's house. And she was like, I want to get together. Shab makes things happen. She's great. Sweet. Um... And so she's like, I just want to do improv comedy with all my friends. Like, who wants to do it? And yeah, that's I, right. And then I met, that's how I met Petro and that whole crew. And then Petro was like, we're having this other thing. You should come. And it was at this yeah, like, very lonely period of my life. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, I like met all these nice, cool, new people. And I was like, this is so nice and cool. And then we lost that office trivia night. We were the worst, maybe. Yeah, we got <laughs> fucked. I thought I, was, I thought I knew shit. Me too. I think everyone thinks that they know so much about the office and it was really humbling <laughs> yeah yeah it was <laughs> to realize how how shallow my knowledge is even though i've seen the whole series and i like watched it when it was on I watched TV. It multiple times yeah yeah wow I, I think i think the story of meeting you and ending up in this room is leads back to that web which leads back to the you know how to do the freelance thing and that is you know human human connection or whatever it is or like deciding mm. to like put energy in towards that and without a aim necessarily as far as what that's going to yield but just like and i've had to like dance with that is like get like get excited about this relationship with so and so and like and and let them know that you are like curious of what they're doing and like just like keep in contact with them mm. i was having a conversation before i got here with a guy about like how did you meet so and so and it's all once you see those, how, how, because it's such was a lofty. Was this the purpose of the web to see? The purpose of the web was to see at what points. Okay, let me take, give you a cool story that I like. I love it. So when I was, I was in college, I remember going on a run. I was living at my mom's place. And I was on a run one day. and I was, I'm so I, I, sorry. No, it's all good. I was thinking about, I think I was like trying to meet people, trying to probably try to meet girls, trying to figure out how to like connect with people. And I was doing this little exercise where as I was running, I would say hi to every single person that I ran past and look at them in the face. Whoa. To see what it would do. Yeah. Like pause like get like try to shoot a little positive energy to them and just like see what that felt like. Right. Very like you know, on a regular basis. I remember one day I was 
running around a corner. So this is something you do on a run. You would do this every time on a yeah. run. But yeah, when I was probably 20, 21 or 22. Wow. Yeah, I would do this on the run. And what were the results of this? So one day, I, for, it was one of the, it was like a confirmation moment of me just understanding for myself as far as like, okay, you can like, you can have positive energy and shoot it into people and give that to them as a gift. You can do right. that if you want to. Whoa. You have to decide to do that. So I went back and I wrote this all down and tried to remember this idea. Yeah. And I took that the next day I was walking around the college and I, uh, I was just, I'm like, well, I have this gift. I can go and just send it out to random ass people that are at the school and just kind of like, like, here's a little, like, just be like, what's up? Like, how's, how's it going? And just like kind of jump into things. And mm. through that, I met a, a guy, I walked up to this green screen where these people were shooting something, asked them what they were doing, made a connection with a guy there that ended up directing or kind of like shooting, directing multiple music videos for me and becoming a friend, which led to a bunch of work and led to all this stuff based off of that mm. moment of decision. Right. And so, well, if you take if you take that and you just like give that around, it's yeah. en- it's endless. I have friends that are that do not see that potential and you see where it cuts them off to experience and people wanting to be around them, which is just the opposite of that. Yeah. Were you outgoing as a kid or was this like a real pivot? Um or is it even an outgoing thing or is it just like a it's the intention. Um, yeah, I don't know what. Like, what were you like an inward kind of shy person? No, I don't think so. Uh, but I, but also not like a don't like to get up and be an, like an acting on stage in drama class or something. Did you ever take those personality one of those personalities tests? Yeah, like a Myers Briggs type thing. I took this Jordan Peterson one recently. Yeah, how'd it go? Certain things that were revealed about me were not ideal. <laughs> <laughs> what is the what was the format of the thing? It's like this multiple question, maybe like 50 question thing that tells you all about what kind of person you are, dynamics with other people. You have like a, you know, one out of a 100 score for different aspects and there were certain ones that I scored really low on. Oh, whoa. So it's like a it's like a qualitative or it's like a quantitative thing. Yeah, it's just it's called understand myself. I think is what the test is called. Interesting. Yeah. Wild. Check it out. Jordan Peterson. Go to his website. He's an interesting guy. Yeah. Complicated guy. I would say often misunderstood guy. Mm. And controversial guy. Yeah. You know? And there's definitely... There was a there was a period where I was being made very upset by him, mm. by his videos. And I was thinking to myself, why am I so upset? Why am I being made so upset? Yeah. And then I had to, like... There was this like period where I was like, well, I would just watch <laughs> Jordan Peterson, like specifically interviews where he is sort of in a, in a confrontational setting. Oh yeah, he's he's a he he is a tricky one with that. He's just like very misunderstood in his uh, you know approach to answers. Yes, yeah, and so it was definitely a worthy quest as far as like it made me think a lot about like what my values are, where I disagree with him, and trying to figure out why. Yeah. You know? And then seeing, like, where I do agree with him. Um, but, yeah, definitely definitely a very interesting cultural figure. Yeah, definitely. I'm happy that that exists because yeah, it's like, yeah, you should be like, taking ideas in that are, you know, you know, contrary to your own beliefs and thinking about, 
it and trying to make your own decisions. Nothing is black and white. When people think things are black and white, they are not willing to um, think for themselves, I think. Mm. Which, yeah. which I think the idea that nothing is black and white is very scary to people because it's like, yeah, we don't know shit. Right. Like, nobody knows anything. And that's, to me, that's very exciting. Yeah. Until people get fucked and without choice. That sucks. When did you come to... When did he enter your life? Hmm. Probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. I'm not like a... I mean, no, I'm I'm a fan of his, for yeah. sure. I. But, I, you know, I haven't read any of his books or anything. I've just, like, seen interviews and podcasts with him and kind of yeah. tap in time to time when people get upset and, and hear him out. And, uh, yeah, it's a co- fucking amazing time to be alive right now with, you know, podcasts or just so much information and it can be just feeding into your head versus your own negative voice <laughs> yes totally i so i get do you ever feel like i feel like sometimes i'm listening to too much stuff yeah and i have to stop because i'm just like i'm just avoiding silence That's, and that can't be good <laughs> absolutely i have i because i listen to podcasts in the shower with a with a waterproof bluetooth speaker yeah same. and and uh I'll be, and then I'll, if I if the battery's dead or something, I'm like, fuck! I have to take the shower, and I'll <laughs> just sit with the thoughts. Yeah, that's an interesting dude. The voice is a in fascinating the head. thing. Yeah, when your phone dies so. or something on a walk, and you just like witness. You ever, I, you ever, uh, you know Duncan Trussell? Of course. He has a great stand-up bit where he's just like, you know, when your phone dies and you realize that your heart is broken. <laughs> <laughs> and I think about that a lot. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's, yeah, that is an interesting concept being that it's like, it is the, it's, it's replacing the voice in your head with somebody else's voice. Right. Yeah. Which obviously, obviously is, like intake. Cool. Yeah. You know, I would say I have like a largely positive relationship with podcasts. Yeah. But there are some times where I'm just avoiding myself or something, you know? But is that, is that bad though? Right. Yeah. Cause like how you're saying, if it's like, just like, if there's like a negative shitty thing happening in but my it's, mind but it's but it's like truly a it's i mean in my head it's truly a voice it's right a, i'm like i hear i hear a voice saying the, the things yeah to feel whatever it is and if i'm at pure peace fucking namaste in a uh yeah in a trance meditative state yeah maybe that voice isn't there but you can't be in that all day right Maybe if you meditate a shitload, you just walk around always like that. But I've never met anybody like that, I don't think. Yeah. Who knows, man? Do you meditate ever? I have um, for chunks of time. I haven't been for the last couple of years. Yeah. But I was for a little bit. Yeah. And, yeah, I had a weird, like, thing where I got this brain fog thing that happened. Interesting. So I've been a foggy brain for the last maybe five years or so and yeah. once and once that happened to me it made it a lot harder to meditate interesting but maybe i'm just telling myself that so i don't have to get back into it when did the brain fog thing happen what is the brain fog thing 2015 i was having some dental work done and i had some like uh laughing gas that that fucked with my head whoa yeah so I, I walked away from the dentist never feeling the same again really yeah you seem to me as such a like a clear present guy Thanks. That's interesting. Yeah. Do, do you do you notice it still? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. Whoa. I'm more used to it now. Interesting. Yeah. Dang, dude. I'm sorry. 
It is what it is. Yeah. I might go to a Chinese doctor man that I met in uh, in Hong Kong that he said he could fix me. Really? Yeah. Whoa. We'll see. Do you feel like it's just like a, a lack of clarity or how would you describe it? Uh, the three things I compare it to would be one. The main one would be like if you didn't go to sleep and it's the next day, but you're not tired. Mm. Or it's like you took a bunch of Vicodin. Or it's like, maybe it's not like having smoked a bunch of like pot one night and then woken up in a kind of days-ish in a wash thing. A little like that, but maybe less like that. More like the sleeping thing. Just slightly different out of it. Slightly in a dream. Mm. Always. Interesting. Yeah. Do you feel like it affected creativity stuff? No. I've. It's weird because I've had more high moments in my life and low moments in my life post this happening I think than I'd ever had before. Yeah. Like an emotional level. So Unrelated or you think related? No, unrelated. Yeah. Unrelated. Uh, so it's, yeah, and I've been more creative than ever and undiscovered things in music that I'd never discovered before. But I wouldn't say that's because of it. I just say that's been happening while it's been happening. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I was annoyed by it for a while, but now I've just kind of gotten used to it. Right, yeah. Do you feel like it shows up in like interpersonal relationships at all? Mm. Could maybe. Could. It could could if I was like getting confused like you know, if I'm looking at a menu or something and there's a lot going on in it, that'll really <laughs> fuck with me. Yeah. Much more so, a lot of numbers adding complex things up. Totally. Or remembering something that was just said that can get a little iffy. So maybe I could annoy somebody with it, but I think for the most part, people don't notice. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, you strike me as such an alert, uh, present guy. Oh, that's good. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Peterson's wild, man. There's some shit that... He, he, I find it frustrating. I think like what you were saying. Like, I want him to be black or white. Like, I want him to be mm-hmm. a bad guy, bully. <laughs> so much easier that way, right? Right. And so, and the, like, the reality is he's like a very nuanced, complicated guy with a lot of different thoughts on a yeah. lot of different things. Like everybody. Some of which I agree with, some of which I do not. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. And that, like, that exercise has been, I would say, good as far as just like oh, yeah. understanding the complexity of a figure. <laughs> uh, well, that's like the, that's the whole damn thing is that it's shocking of how many people don't understand that things are not black and white and that if it's like, if you don't take all of the sides, then you are out of the club. Like, get the fuck out. That is not how anything works. There's there's just like rules that have been set up and people need to find where they stand. It's like sports. Right. You've got to take a team. Why? What's my team? And if I was not on this team, I wouldn't be on a team. I can't be on this team and this team. I just, I've never thought like that. And so to find out that there are so many people like this is just, uh, it's exciting to find people that are not like that. Mm. I don't find people like that very often, honestly. I hear about them on the internet, but I don't meet people and really put myself around people like that because they're annoying. People that create binaries? Yeah. Word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting because I feel like it's like, yeah, things aren't black and white, you know? 
Nothing is. There's right. always another side. <laughs> like there's always another side. Right. For sure. I guess there's just certain shit with Jordan Peterson where it's just like, man, like there are certain things where he's like, white privilege doesn't exist, you know? And I'm like, oh, I disagree, you know? Got to hear him out. I, I've heard him out. I disagree on that one, you know? But I, I guess it's good to have the conversation and to like question something that I, is like assumed. Yeah. You know? Absolutely. You got to. If you don't, if you don't, then you, you know, you're just going with someone else's idea. I don't have a particular fucking side with anything. I Sometimes I will argue a side really intensely right. with wanting to be shown the other side to it. Right. Always. Yeah. That's so much more interesting. Right. I, I mean, the thing that I always come to with any idea that I have, I'm like, I can feel strongly about this, but I know that there's somebody that can feel just as strongly in the opposite direction. It doesn't make either of us right. We're just getting a different side. That's okay. Yeah. It's wild when you start to like pull apart. You're like, oh, why do we believe the things that we believe? Damn, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And just habit and just wanting to make sense of it all. Makes me understand. I feel like as I got as I get older, I understand people that follow a, a religion much more so. I used to be angry about that. Mm. And then understanding of that. And then I'm just uh I'm not I'm not religious at all, but I really get why it's a people like us little humans thinking of how you know trying to understand how insane it is to be a human <laughs> like yeah and thinking and thinking that um that we matter like ultimately it's like i believe that there's the universe is so massive there's anything could be possible we could be just a microscopic nothing right and there could be another version of us out there doing the same thing right now why not? I think it's so much more exciting to think of it like that. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like people talk about like nihilism in this negative way. Like nothing matters, therefore fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And it's like, oh, that could be very freeing too. You know, it could be like, oh, yeah. nothing matters and therefore like we're free, you know? Yeah. And like we can we can make meaning and that's beautiful, you know? But also with the reminder that it's all, you know, yeah. grains of sand or whatever. I've been I've been thinking about that. I ever since I I did mushrooms for the first time, that made me fully 100% recognize that in the face of it and just be like, "Oh yeah, this is insane. This is mind <laughs> this is mind-blowing that we are that this all exists. Like you should appreciate it as like if one thing just value the experience of getting to experience." Mm. Because just, this is insane. Yeah. yeah, that's what that's I I love thinking about that more than anything else, and that makes and I understand that. Like, if you're in a religion, then you're going to try to find meaning in what it is by a, a structure, right? Right. But if you took all that away, it's just in, like it's it's crazy that that plants exist or fucking humans walk around and think they're important. I don't know. I just trip <laughs> out. I'm just tripping out on a regular basis. It's amazing. Right. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, even even like science, which yeah. is like an accountable, yeah, quantifiable way to understand the universe. There's still so much like wonder there, you know. Yeah, that's why I like Neil deGrasse Tyson so sick. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, this is what you know, black hole is. 
And that's fucking wild. <laughs> it is. It's so crazy, like, humans figuring out what it is all. What is it all? How did this all happen? Yeah. What is this going to be? Are we going to create a new version of, we're going we're gonna to make the new species of human. Like, did we decide that? Was that figure? Did someone else plan that? I don't know. I could believe anything. This goes back to, like, nobody fucking knows. And that's awesome. Hell yeah, man. Bringing us back to reality for a quick sec. <laughs> back to Earth. Back to Earthland. I'm curious about... Um, so you, are your days usually pretty different? Um, Yeah. I'm doing music. I'm usually at home or I'm going to be in the studio tomorrow mixing with the guy that mixes our stuff. Um, yeah. It's either doing video editing work or yeah. working on music or... Mostly, it's one of the two. I'm always one of the two. I don't yeah. know what I would be doing otherwise. Maybe seeing a friend or something. But right, and it's are those things both things you do from home or things that you do elsewhere? Yeah, those are things I, I both do from home for the most part. Right, not exclusively, but for the most part. When you're working at home, do you have to make time to go outside? <laughs> yeah, well, I have to take my dog out, so that's one thing that forces me to go out, even if I don't want to. Right. And then, uh, yeah, I'll go walk over to the liquor store and grab a grab a protein bar or a kombucha or a drink or something. Yeah, yeah. I have to like, I know that that is really good for me to do, and so I will be like, oh, I, I should do that because I don't feel as good if I don't do that. Yeah. And yeah, I like going. Out, I like where we live because we can go on little adventures, like up the street to go do that. I, yeah, I, I think that's fun. Yeah. Simple, but it also just also can reset your brain if you're being in a creative mode. Totally, I get cooped up all yeah. too often. I get usually the um, dogs are so useful for that. Oh yeah, like I do a lot of dog sitting, and whenever I have a dog for however long, it's like you're. I'm like, I guess I gotta walk the fucking dog, and then all of a sudden I'm outside yeah. walking myself, and I'm like, oh wait, yeah, this is great. Podcasts <laughs> come in for that. Yeah. Or listening to like a mix of something and just kind of like feeling a song out. Right, yeah. I feel like I get the best. I, the, I've been trying to hone in on it and like utilize it, but I've the rec- recognize, uh, recognizing that usually my ideas that are good ideas come when I can just get out of my way enough. If it's taking a pee, if I'm in the shower, if I go on a walk and I'm doing something else, and then it will come, it'll flow in right when you look away from it. And Harnessing that and understanding that and tapping into that is super fun. So I have in my shower we have um, this thing called uh, Aqua Notes, and there are these like, oh, notes word. that are all over the walls and with a pencil, and so you write stuff down as you get ideas in the shower. That's cool. Which is uh, fun. Hell yeah. Yeah, I like uh, I like writing stuff down regardless if it just gets lost. Mm. Maybe does it solidify? I don't know. Yeah, I had a writing teacher who his like theory was like that like oh writing is a specific way of thinking mm. like it's a specific mode you know that you can only get to certain thoughts through that mode you know and i like i like blew my mind when i heard it you know like playing like a piano versus like a guitar like you're going to get different little melodies you know if you're typing if you're writing yeah. if you're talking if you're thinking you know and so I wish that every time I have more of a 
writing practice, whether it's a journaling thing or whatever, I feel like I'm getting to places that I want to be more often. That's cool. You know? I'm, 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 and I don't do it enough. <laughs> I'm, I'm experimenting with something right now with that where I am, uh, well, it's not really writing. It's more just capturing ideas. Uh, I've been writing my dreams down every every night that I have one. And I don't know. You write them down first thing when you wake up? I, or? I, the second I wake up so that I can capture as much of it as possible. Yeah. And I know that people learn to do lucid dreaming, at least that's a part of it, and then like recognizing certain things within the dream. I need to watch YouTube and, and learn about this a little bit more, but I just started the habit of uh, of writing it down, and that's it. I don't have to write the date. I just have to write down as much as I can before I start forgetting it, and, then, yeah. and that's it. Yeah. But, but I think it's starting to work as far as like getting, or being more, just been having more dreams lately. Interesting. Yeah. What are your dreams like? Oh, a lot of events happen. Well, shit, I wish I knew it. the one last night. Was it a club? There was one the other night where I was on a cruise ship, a cruise ship with some people, and the water was super blue, and was with some friends, and then it's like cut to this scene, and this is happening right here. Right. Sometimes that'll happen, like you know. Eight, eight or nine times within a night, so mm. it's I'll forget the the first ones and maybe skip right. some. Yeah, they usually they're they're not negative. They're usually positive More dreams. Right. Apparently, I laugh in my sleep. Really? Sometimes. Well, <laughs> so my wife says. Heck yeah, yeah. It's strange. Dream, but but I like the idea of being able to wake up in your dream and and say okay i'm gonna do this because i know i've done that a little <laughs> bit before but i want to oh, really i just wanted to, that is so incredible that you can do that <laughs> that people do that yeah yeah so i need to see what that is when you're in this other world and you can just manifest shit insane that's insane <laughs> that that is so yeah. cool yeah that is crazy that that has been out there and that like i haven't really spent any time trying to do that <laughs> Dude. It's like this crazy video game that we can that's all in our programmed in us all the time. How did that get invented? That is like I like was it invented? Or did it just naturally that's what's hard for me to believe. I'm like, it just happens to be that way? That's crazy. Yeah. I know so little about lucid dreaming. So do I. Yeah. I have a, I have a couple of friends that have done it before. Yeah. There have been a couple of times where I've been like I've had like a loose awareness about being in a dream or something and like flying around and being like flying around. Whoa. Yeah. It was pretty cool. It's so cool. My dreams always have like a weird absurdist element to them though. Like I was, I had a weird dream the other night about Elizabeth Warren. I know that name. Wait, who's she's a, running for president? Oh she's yeah, like yeah, yeah. Senator Actually, of Massachusetts. Right. I, I typed her name in the other day. Yeah, she's. Uh, we were just like sitting on my bed and we were crying together. <laughs> oh yeah, you posted this. Yes, online. I posted a little Instagram about it. It was so weird, and it was there was like this weird unspoken energy between us where it was like this weird like mother son thing, but also like weirdly romantic and like we were weeping and like oh my goodness, and we were watching. It was wild, dude. You're watching the debates together. <sighs> that would have been crazy. That would have been cool. I would have loved to have watched the debates with Elizabeth Warren and gotten blow-by-blow blow takes from Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, that would be interesting. That would have been wild. Those debates, it's such a crazy format, you know? Yeah, I didn't watch them this time. But, um, yeah. It's, it's the first time that I've really been like politically paying attention for a debate. And so I had fun like watching them, but... 
It is like a weird way to pick a, you know, yeah, well, a candidate. Pe- <laughs> you know? Well, you would, you, like, people win people, you know, being hurt emotionally or just these like very basic ways of understanding a person and make them making you feel. Right. They, it's how they make you feel. Yeah. It's not, the, the the points are less important, I think. I think that's just as as a whole. People, you, what they say, right? You, yeah. You'll remember how somebody made you feel. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you get some like dickwad up there that's like saying a bunch of negative stuff, but it taps into a certain kind of person, it's like it's yeah. it's bold, it's bold enough, you know. It's, it's catchy enough. Sometimes I want it to come down to policies or something, and it's like so much of it is performance art. You know, yeah, and like the conviction that somebody can, yeah, goes speak very with. far. I mean, yeah, definitely. Yeah, that is interesting. I haven't been really. Fo- I don't really. I've been following the news or politics or, I kind of just like hear things through. Yeah, through through podcasts of people talking about them. It just doesn't. I know that it wouldn't make me feel good if I focus too much energy on it. It's exhausting. I don't watch sports. Neither do I. And so I enjoy following it. And I'm wondering like how much or like lately I've been thinking about like, oh, is this like a weird form of entertainment for me? <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and there's definitely an element of that. But I never but I don't watch it on TV. And whenever I see it on TV, I'm like, this is another crazy weird level of entertainment. TV cable TV is a weird whole it's world. It's insane. It's like sports center, like boom boom boom, Joe Biden versus like it's it's wild and there's like crazy graphics going everywhere and i'm like this is how a lot of people get their information oh yeah most people so people in my family yeah and there are like there's definitely like aesthetics to the way that i get my information as well yeah you know but it is very strange when you venture outside of podcast land and you go to tv land and you're like what yeah what podcast you listen to um, it's a handful of like songwriting ones. I like this one and the writer is that a friend of mine produces and, uh, this one called hanging out with audio files with Jamie Lydell. Uh, love Joe Rogan. Love, uh, reply all is one of my favorite podcasts. I've never listened to that podcast. Oh, I've heard so much about it. Amazing. All about the internet. I was listening to for a while. This one called, um, with Pete, what's his name? Uh, has an HBO show. Pete Holmes? Pete Holmes. I was listening to him for a while, and then I stopped listening to him. Pretty cold turkey. I listened to a lot, and then just cut yeah. it. Just cut it. Because I wasn't feeling, felt like he wasn't being genuine, or he was being like f- fake or something. It, it was a weird feeling that both Jen and my wife and I got at the same time. We're like, I don't like that feeling anymore. It's like feels like you know you know the thing that you're tickling people with, uh, and, you're, and you're tapping that, and that feels... Not authentic to me. I don't like that. Totally. I've definitely gotten there on certain podcasts where I'm like, oh, you're going on your this route and you're kind of just like passively yeah. going down this path, you know? And it's odd. Yeah. You know, pod- podcast I listen to the ton is our band has a podcast. And so I edit that and do the video and all that. So, so I have to listen to that yeah. a lot, which I'm very excited about this experience because it's like walk in, record it, peace. Don't Done. ever listen to it. That's what I want to tap into. Yeah. It's it's interesting, like, listening, like, editing a thing that you're making, you know? Like, I oftentimes will find with this podcast, when I'm editing it, I, um, I'm able to, like, listen to it more, you know? Because, huh. like, in this conversation, I'm like, 
yeah. actively engaged and thinking about like, okay, I kind of yeah, yeah, have yeah. to pee. I want to talk. I want to make sure I hit this at a certain point. Uh-huh. And I also want to be listening, you know. And so there's like, and the, and that's like cool, but it's also anxious, you know. Yeah. And then yeah, when yeah. you're uh, freaking listening back and making sure the levels are all cool, I can be like, oh, I can really like rehear what Logan had to say for sure. Know? So a lot of times I will like. And it, sometimes it's embarrassing because I'm like, oh, I totally fucking missed that whole... Oh, that's very... <laughs> yes, I noticed that about myself quite yeah. often. I would say it's like helps me learn to listen more when I like <laughs> almost like review a conversation I had. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah I fucking blew by that one. <laughs> feel feel free to uh, to get to any of my points faster when you're editing. You're chilling, man. Process. What is your podcast about? sort of an experiment we're just putting we've been releasing songs once a month yeah since january uh to do 10 songs this year as a way of uh becoming just fucking efficient and just putting things out consistently and so yeah. we decided to do this you know utilize our ability to do video production and, and create a of like a video podcast and uh, and shoot it, film it from a drone and a 360 camera, and we basically sit outside in these like, crazy locations, and we release our song on a boombox at the table as the opening thing. We play the song, we talk a little bit about it, we fuck around, and then at the end, we take the, t- the cassette out of the deck, we pop it in a, a canister, and we leave it there for people to come find. Whoa! That's so sick. It is, yeah. It's it's sick, but it's like killing my soul seeing this thing through it's just a massive production oh really? yeah every month i'm sure yeah how many have you made so far we filmed well we filmed all 10 of them and okay. there's like four to be edited so it's all in post-production now yeah so just chilling on the computer yeah it's sort of like an experimental way of like i i mean i built it in my head very intensely of like why this will be a cooler way to release music and connect with people and create like a deeper experience with it find a new format of for sure of of releasing music a thing that i think that the larger culture is wrestling with now as well so that's cool that you're like taking initiative and like fucking with it thank you trying to thoughtfully go about it as opposed to like i guess we'll do a record and maybe that's what's hard for me with it is that i put so much like love and energy into realizing it saw it through and then i i think the big thing was realizing after right the, the moment the first one was coming out the moment the first one was coming out was we don't have a big enough audience to appreciate it right it's like we can't uh this would be amazing if we had a huge following Right, because then it would then you would get that response, and it would be like, it would be able to be uh, uh, maybe is it appreciated by more people or enjoyed by more or more having more back and forth. Right, and and so like you know halfway through it, we were like we to our manager, we're just like, can we just stop like 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 we just want to like stop doing because it it's so much work to make this thing happen because we're trying to make the most like cinematic podcast that exists and like go very creative with it we have this custom table and all this shit and and he's like no you have to you guys have to see it through regardless like you have to do them all mm. and i was just like fuck you're right i do yeah i do not want to but it's but it's also i don't know it's painful for that because i'm not it's, it's not blowing up and being the hugest thing ever like I want it to be like one of those like Kanye events with all the people at Coachella all circled around like that's like the that would be the end goal of it but we're not but we're not Kanye West so we don't have that audience yet and so I think at the end of the year 
once we finish them all going to the next year, we're going to do some type of podcast, but we'll make it like weekly and it'll be without filming it and making it the type of thing where it's like all we do is we just talk and just it's and that's the last of it. Right. Yeah. But be consistent and utilize what it is that people care about the most on a podcast, which is like your personality, what you have to say if they are interested. Yeah. And, and a, g- a good time if that's what the kind of thing that it is. Yeah. So uh, just learning, you know. Yeah. Big big lessons learn them in the process of it's now like on to the next thing, how to learn from that and understand what it is that people, what, what connects with people. Mm. So I have a whole like, yeah, I'm always thinking about that shit. Do you like having a manager? Yes. Yeah, dude. It's amazing. Hell yeah. But yeah, we've, we've like, we, we, have you had this one for a while? We so our when we first started with our band back in like twenty thousand or twenty thousand eleven with uh, in two thousand eleven we like our band saw more quote unquote like success than any other project we had ever done before like on a not it wasn't huge like some you know next blah 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 but it was like we played a sold out show our was our first show yeah and we had a guy that joined on as our manager. Um, like reached out to us to manage us. We'd never had anything like this before, so it was a really big deal to us. Our manager, it's exciting, it w- super exciting. Like we we kind of played the, we like said it in conversation. Like we're not playing a show until we um, we're not playing a show until we make music that connects with people that allows for a show to happen. Mm. We're not even going to waste our time doing that because we'd spent all we'd played in bands many times, and it's like. Why not make something that connects with millions of people and then the shows will come and we will do the shows. So we did that and it worked that, which I would recommend that to any band to do that. But we got a manager that manager um, was with us for a year and then he passed away. He got cancer, very leukemia, very randomly. So wow. we only knew this guy. He was an incredible guy. Well known in the music industry now as a legend down here, which is really cool. Mm. Um, this guy named Steve Brodsky. And he got us, um, we signed with this label, and one of the guys working at the label was our now manager. Um, he got us signed to this record deal, and then we were kind of in and out of managers for a while. And he, he's now been working exclusively with us for maybe like four years, and yeah. he's he is like, uh, he cares so much about like what we're doing, and cha- you know, is our ultra champion. Hell yeah. It's like, it's crazy. We had our, like, we have a weekly phone call that we did today, which just doing the phone call is just always uplifting and just like you're you know you're talking with your team about your project about what it's going to be and like putting you in that mind space and he also happens to be very good at it yeah because um, i have friends you know they'll talk about their manager in a very negative way i'm like dude that sucks like mm. i'm like super lucky to have this every day i like you know appreciate it more and more as seeing mm. that um you know having people like that that really care about it and care about you it you know goes above all else i guess that goes for friends and family but like people in your on your team right yeah it's fun to have a team yeah team projects are sweet yeah hell yeah someone to get you psyched championing yeah, we, you we just and and i'll have to mention on here because i want to tell you but this is something really cool that just happened through us working with them um just, I mean, you know, figuring out how to get our shit together so we could release songs smoothly and do this, that, and the other. A lot of milestones that we've been able to achieve with him just in getting our, you know, 
our shit dialed in. Right. And uh, and through that, we got an opportunity uh, to do a cover of a song for Taco Bell for a this commercial that they have running right now. Word. And do like a cover of the song. And we, so they're like, you have this amount of time to do it and send it over. Like, okay, cool. And they're going to pay us to do it. Amazing. And then that turned into it going to the ad agency with Taco Bell. And they said, we want to use this for a TV commercial. And so they're, so we, huge song, song we did in like two days, which was a really big deal for us to do a song that fast. Right. It's going to be on TV. Whoa. <laughs> Congrats, man. Thanks. Hell yeah. So, and that's all through like harnessing this process and be- using positive energy. Be- belief in a, in just, I don't know, dude. That's the whole thing is like, be- like, yeah, believing and like moving towards it regardless if it fails or not, which is really hard to do. But it's also when it works like that, you're like, it's just like, oh, that, that thing, the bullshit thing is real. Believe it's real. There's no reason to like, right. Like you should just just be, just believe it and keep moving towards it. Power of intention. Yeah. Mm. Speaking of TV, this is the thing I've been asking people recently. Yeah. If you had to describe your life as three TV shows, what would it be? It's three TV shows. This is I'm not good with these types of questions. Or movies, or you can substitute other things if you are feeling that. Hmm. I'll give you a sec to think while I pee if that's Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah. Incredible. Let's say Okay, I think I have two of them. I have to just go with them because it's what popped into my head. Cool. I'm going to go with Back to the Future 2. Whoa. Maybe one. We'll go with two. I think one is actually better, but two is like, there's a lot of vibes in there that I very much relate to that are just, I love the idea of a a uh, old look into what the future might be. Like a, you mm. know, like a 90s perspective of what the future is to be and how that, what, where that lands and where that doesn't Like land. tomorrow land. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's super fun. And I, yeah. think, I just think creatively like that a lot. I think, you know, taking a fresh spin on what the future might be. Yeah. Um, Love that. That as well as, um, I was going to say Contact, which I just saw for the first time like a week ago. I've never seen Contact. The alien movie? Yeah. Word. Dude, I saw that movie and I was tripping out at the end of it. Tripping out. I was like, whoa. I'm not going to spoil it, but you should Thank go you. see it. Cool. And we'll talk about it afterwards because I have a lot to say about it. Word. When did it come out? Probably 97. Cool. Um, and a th- another w- movie. I can't think of a third one. I want to say just some like like American Pie or Super Bad or one of those like teen movies. Yeah. Because I have 
I feel like I have a lot of great memories of having experiences like that with friends, which was a big part, or feels like it was a big part of my life for a while, and which now is really interesting as you like get older and you like have distance from friends, seeing how those relationships change and morph into new things or what they don't morph into. Yeah. And I, but I really like the idea of it and always, you know, when hanging out with friends, tapping back into that. Totally. Feeling. Yeah. Like Road Trip or one of those movies. I don't know. One that right. just feel like feel good. Like, oh yeah, this is just like. Yeah. Just discovering in high school. Yeah. Youth. <laughs> yeah. Suburban mischief. Adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's sick. Word, man. Yeah. What's your life like coming up? What do you got going on in the next, uh, what's on the horizon? Mm. Making more music, releasing more music, finding, you know, testing ways of, of putting things out there to try to discover a way to... Make a blip on the radar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And and just um, continuing down to di- uh, discovering ways to be creative while making music and videos and things and just kind of furthering discovering that process. And I have a, like a little thing that I've written on my uh, on my Air, AirPods, my AirPods, as I call them, that says... It says, run in the opposite direction of lukewarm. Mm, hell yeah. And so... I love that. That's something I'm trying to get better at doing, and may that be with, you know, sounds and songwriting and uh, and visual aesthetic and how to do that. It's very... I'm interested in on that journey of continuing through that. I feel like there's like a fear... There's been a fear in me... You know, of why is it that as people get older, do they become less creative? Is that a real, is that a true statement? Or is it, or what I'm coming to now, is it, or do people decide to tap out in such a way and not further down that creative rabbit hole? And I, and I, and I'm, I think that is, I think the latter is the truth that it's easier to not have to go and discover and see find what you don't know and learn new things through other people and try shit and fail. Keep failing. That's what it is. Keep failing. Mm. But if you can get excited about that, like, you know, and like failing is like a lesson learned, then it's like fully empowering. Just it's, but you just, it sucks and it hurts. Right. Yeah. And when you're a kid, it's maybe you have more energy to do that. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I feel like there, that's like the story of so many musical artists where it's like their first couple records are like really ambitious, exciting. Yeah. And then they kind of get into their later years. And what I've noticed sometimes is where the produ- where they start excelling as a producer, their songwriting chops kind of start to like their producing is going up and their songwriting is either stagnating or kind of taking a decline, you know? And it's like I something I think about a lot. It's like, "Oh, are they not fighting those battles as hard are they not stepping into that arena as much are they you know is it a convenience thing because there are certain artists where it's like the paul simons that are like you know just seem to be on this quest of creativity or something like that where they're not really following that trajectory 
or like a Radiohead or something like that, where they're true. It's but it is those and those are very special individuals, right? Right. Most people are not like that. Most people are more average than them. Yeah. So it. Yeah, in those cases. Yeah, they're killing it like forever, like Johnny Cash or something like that. Right. But okay, take like Paul McCartney or something. His newer shit is amazing no it's just it's it's not, it's not what the beatles were right right he's still solid like you know love paul but it's not the same thing and it's not as as inventive so is it true that certain people just or certain artists certain creators they get um a particular moment in time to get to touch the world right, right. that's like what they were that's they got a moment it's, like, it's not often that people just have a pure creative you know, uh, life that is just inspiring to everybody. That's right. Where every single piece of work that they put yeah. out is as impactful and revolutionary as their most impactful <laughs> piece of art. Yeah, that's interesting. I have to imagine that when people also are more, when they become successful, quote unquote, with uh, doing something like art, maybe, I don't know. I feel like there takes humility to tap back into the thing that relates to people like the relates to right. humans yeah you are not as relatable at that point and so unless you you know you go on that like a comedian's path to like tap back into the thing have right. human interactions to let you feel the things that everybody else yeah. feels. like jerry seinfeld has a life no one has yeah <laughs> and the fact that he can still like you know yeah like i'm sure he has to work very hard to like be relatable. Yeah, and his, his com- yeah, his comedy is the, you know, the epitome of that, right? Yeah, just like walking around and being like, you guys ever see this freaking thing over here? Yeah. Yeah. So that's like people that can do that or can you know, I saw the Tom York um Paul uh Paul Thomas Anderson thing. I haven't seen it. Dude, it is insane. It is so good. The songs kind of out there, but as a full piece of art, like a whatever 20-minute thing, it is you're like, dude, this is an old dude, two old dudes killing it. <laughs> and so when I see that, I'm, just, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, sweet. And he's dancing in it. You're just like, fuck yes. Yeah. You just don't see that often. Right. It's yeah. very special. And he is being, that that piece is arguably more creative than a lot of things that he's done. Right. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's very exciting mm. to me. David Bowie seemed that way too. That's true. He was always kind of pushing his own edge. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Up to the end. Doing cool and inventive stuff. Yeah. You can, like, yeah, you got to decide to... Yeah, I wonder how much of it is a decision, you know? How much of it is, like, oh, do you have to double down on creativity as you get older, you know? Do you have to work extra hard to get, you know? Yeah, I don't know. I think about the Kings of Leon a lot. Yeah. Because I really like their first couple albums. I think they're incredible. Mm -hmm. And the later albums like sonically incredible like songwriting wise bad in my opinion up to where well i would let's get into a kings of leon because this is i bring i I bring them up often as far as yeah they have a really interesting trajectory over time yes okay first record i fucking love it i think it's great Uh i think it's like really raw and like there are like some songs on there that like really still speak to me um Second record is my favorite record. I'm like, whoa. They're like, there's a little bit of polish there, but there's still like this lyrical absurdism to it. And there's still this like grit and like fucking like rock. And it's, I don't know. Every time I hear it, I'm like, oh, this is like new. And like, yeah. I feel, I'm like, woo. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
third record is where there's like a big change, but at the song I'm still with the songs, you know? Like the songs on the third record because of the times where I'm like, Yeah. The song fans, unbelievable song. Like it's starting to get more into the like Okay, we went on the road with U2. Yeah. We're going to be more like U2 but a little still, bit. But still not a household name. No, by no means. But this, we're talking 10 years in, though, at this point, right? Yeah, and Ish. still lyrically really, like, strange, you yeah. know? Um, then the fourth record is, like, the breakthrough record. I don't know that record um, all that well, but I think that's where it starts to lose me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still, I think there are, like, really interesting moments and, like, really cool choices being made and, like, oh, that's sick, you know? But then they start becoming superstars, you know? And they start becoming, like, marrying supermodels and, like, kind of living this life that no one lives, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and I think Come Around Sundown is, like, really, like, I really like that record. I think it's an interesting record. But it's, like, the songwriting is starting to, like, quote-unquote mature and, like, make more logical sense of, like, this is a verse and this is a chorus and I am growing by the end of the song, <laughs> you know? And I really liked those first couple records where I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. There's like an abstraction to it, but I like really feel it. And there's like this really raw immediacy yeah. to the, I guess it's really the lyricism that is my most, <laughs> the arc that I'm most uh, paying attention to. Those are my thoughts on the Kings of Leon. I'm dying to hear your thoughts and I'm, very excited. Well, I, I first g- got into Kings of Leon when um, see, I'm bad with names or titles of anything. When their breakthrough um, yeah, could happen because of the night. Because of, was that because only of, by the night? Something. It's the, the night. one that was like insanely produced. Right. I mean, it had a it had a it had sex on fire. Yeah. It had a um, a it had a natural like tone to to it, but it was pr- it was just produced out to where there's like big reverbs and there's you know a lot more yeah. sonics soundscape than before a lot more dry stuff i feel like before then it became like yeah vi- vibey and yeah sometimes a lot more poppy and just much more of a definitive like that's a sound i personally love that that one's my favorite yeah that one's my favorite and that one introduced me to the two before that yeah and the three before that and uh i fell in love with those ones as well in a different yeah. way i gotta listen to that fourth record to be honest i, I honestly I, haven't spent too well, much time with that i mean that yeah that brought me in uh it had the pop for for logan yeah, um, and yeah, respect th- through that uh, was like fully. On, I mean, I'm still fully on board. I was on board with that, and then the one that came after that, um, I saw them live at Outside Lands, and so I think right before it came out, they played the first the lead single off of it. So my first, I remember hearing that song live. Whatever, uh, Super Soaker. No, 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 no. Before that, oh, uh, Radioactive. No, 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 no. Yeah, which was a very cool way of experiencing that song. That's the only song yeah. I really remember off of that one. But then after that, like I wasn't really into that that album, minus yeah. that song. And then after that, they just yeah, kind of just I don't. Couldn't it, tell you the I guess names it, of the songs. It's got to be the it's the songwriting because the production's tight. It's That's the thing is where I, I think about like, dude, the engineer on this could have done the greatest work of their entire matter, life, yeah. and it doesn't fucking matter. Like it doesn't matter, you know. Like someone could be like, that is my opus, that snare yeah. sound, <laughs> which which is telling of so much, right? Yeah, and it's like I love it. And there's like a song on there where it's like, love is a beautiful war. Is what are we fighting for? Like, those are the lyrics to the song. And it's like, dude, 
Uh, You're so much cooler than that. Like, I think that that guy is cooler, way cooler than that. (laughs) Way way more. You know? Anyways. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure if I met them, I'd be like, oh, what's up, guys? (laughs) Absolutely. It probably, you know, it's probably for for a, a guy like, I feel like to write songs like he has written and to have a voice like that, that dude's an emotional, probably mess of a dude. That's what makes people that are very special like that. So it's this kind of. Okay, what happens when you take someone, let's take the songwriter part out of it. You take someone that's got issues and they're like more than maybe the standard person and then put a lot of money with that and blow it up and create an insane life that nobody else has. Yeah. You're you're fucking with, uh, I don't know, you're fucking with the flow. Right. Regardless of those are all great things for him and he, you know. Or he wants those things or those are, that's naturally what the flow is of it, the sex, the success. Um seems like it generally seems like it hurts that yeah yeah not exclusively but that's what's interesting like thinking of an artist in the studio that's like prince and he's just like writing things that are he's he's a bad example but like i don't know they're able to tap back into something that is yeah I, i had a poetry teacher who was like either in his 60s or 70s and like he was so like tuned in, you know, in a way that I hadn't really experienced anyone of that age really being like like socially, but also like in like artistically, like as we would like read poems in his class and he would be like really like ju- he was like just as vulnerable as all the other 19 year olds in the class that were just like, you know, I feel it so much, <laughs> you know, and he was like he was like with us, you know, wow, and like. I just remember thinking at that time, like, whoa, that's, like, really cool that you can live your life that way. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That is cool. <laughs> I see myself, like, growing up, you know, and, like, getting less. I don't know, because you grow old, you know? You get old, and it's, like, harder to get as excited about shit. And, like, I don't know. I think about that a lot. I'm like, oh, was I? Is, was there a, is there a time when I'm going to be the most <laughs> plugged in? You know, or like most, fe- like have the most feelings or something. Huh. Have you had, have you noticed an arc in your life of <sighs> emotionalism? Yeah, I would say I'm more emotional now than I have been in certain years. Like, I'm not much of a crier. Like, movies don't. Movies don't make me cry as much as they do other people around me usually. Yeah. But sometimes I will. And I'll cry more if I'm on my own watching a movie and I'll just like be like, I'm going to experience this. I'm going to yeah. let it happen and see what it's like. Lean into the cry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Have I been more emotional? Yeah, I think so. A lot of people would say I'm very, not, they don't think I am emotional at all. Um, but I am in my own way. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I think I think after I always bring it back to the 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 mushroom experience, but that yeah, really was a brought real turning up, point. That was a turning point for sure. Yeah. Able to tap into certain things mm. in a, in a deeper way than before. Um or just more just like enjoying that. Yeah. Enjoy being or be, being aware when like if an if an emotion is coming and enjoying that you get to that that people do that. Like, it's like, why does this happen? Like, I feel like this should happen. This, mm. this emotion should be felt. If it is one that is, um, like a meaningful one, not mm. if it's like anger, that's just ridiculous. 
I think, for the most part. Like, if you're just... But that's not really a... Is that emotion? Yeah, I guess that is emotion. Sadness or happiness? Like, I'll sit and I'll, I'll be... Like, often I will be... I'll either listen to something what I'm making or I'll be watching something or I'll think about something and I'll just start crying. And I'll just be like... And I, I wasn't able to do that before. It's not something I try to do. It's just something I notice. Yeah. Um, Hell yeah. 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 That's sick. Yeah, it is. It is sick. I'm trying to. Fi- I'm trying to like deeper, deeper that experience as yeah. I get older. I haven't had that in a while. Like that's a, see, that's the thing. I feel like I have somewhat lost touch with, just like being overwhelmed by a beauty yeah. and having it lead you to tears. I haven't had that experience in so long, but I feel like I'm as emotional. As I've ever been, you know, to the point where I'm like, damn, I'm still getting, you know, thrown by this type of shit, you know, but I want to see the, you know, I want to see a beautiful flower and just be like, oh my God. Well, what what is, what is it that makes you, um, get into those states? Like when you're in your more extreme versions of that, what is it that triggers that for you? Usually negative, uh, negative emotions. Like when am I, when, when do I cry? Yeah, and is it mo- is it always because of sadness, or is it because of happiness ever? Oh man, rad question. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I cry always during uh, like big action movies. Really, like Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> I like to consider myself like a deep person, you know. And then just the most fucking basic shit will just <laughs> crush me. Oh man, when Spider Man died uh, <laughs> in Infinity War. Oh fuck, dude. That was heavy. Um Usually usually it'll be some sort of like exhaustion where I'll be like caught up over some like nuanced emotional turmoil mm. for a couple of weeks and then it'll kinda all come to a head and then I'll ha- I'll kinda be like not addressing it, you know, and it'll kind of accumulate yeah. and then it'll spill over. Um, I feel like there were times where I was so blown away by like love that was around me or something or just like yeah just witnessing like a moment of like oh wow people really do care about me that will definitely make has, that's definitely made me cry in the past um, and then there Occasionally, like less and less, it seems that like songs move me to tears, which I don't know what that is about. Usually, uh, usually music doesn't move me to tears. Other people's music, yeah. It did happen. It did happen. It has happened. It's just not a yeah. Con- when people mention that, I'm just, I don't relate to that as much. Yeah. But I'm not against that. I like that idea. Right. Yeah. Same here. And I like I like to think that I'm like as tuned in and like emotionally connected to songs, you know. But maybe I'm not, dude. I need to look into. Maybe I need I'm to, getting crusty. I need you know. To, I need to focus on lyrics more. What people are saying. I kind of let that kind of scoot through too often. And I think if I'm to dive into some lyrics, I could discover a whole other side to music that is that I usually don't think about often it's crazy like how differently we all relate to like music is so many things at oh, once it's the best you know and like two people can be like totally into one thing for totally different reasons you know that's a i mean that's such a huge thing even in collaborating as far as what is important you know what is yeah. important in something being good is it is it 
is it the message that's being said? Is it the way that the words sound to be able to allow for a listener to even be able to hear what you're saying, make them care about even what you're saying just by how it sounds? And then like, the, yeah, yeah, that's that is very interesting. Yeah, I feel like I feel like most people that are like those crazy fans of like like Imagine Dragons or something like that. I don't know why they came to mind, but they're a good example because they get a lot of hate. I'm not a particular fan of them, but they get a lot of hate. Right. But, but for whatever reason, the the dude's lyrics, I think, really resonate with people a lot. We're like, that's me. And that's what locks them in. Mm. Into it. So it doesn't kind of, at a point, it almost doesn't matter what the songs are. It's more like you're saying this thing that I connect with, and that's what I care about. Fuck the song. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's a... I, I do feel that way with a lot of like culty fan. Like I'm not a culty fan type of person. Yeah. But I feel like people that are, that's got to be the thing. It can't just be the the music unless it's like the Grateful Dead or something. What are you saying that it's not? It's the lyrics. It's not the overall. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm saying it's the lyrics have a particular weight for a certain type of fan. Mm. You know, it's the it's like the messaging of it. The relatability of the messaging. Yeah. Creates the keeps people there it's like the melody yeah. brings you in but the lyrics that's what locks people in for life yeah i feel like that's definitely the case with like neutral milk hotel mm. or something very Love culty them. band i'm a big fan and i feel like yeah super interesting sonics and and stuff and like whoa fi whoa wackiness weirdness strange beautiful but it's i feel like it's really those lyrics that make those fans what they are what yeah, we, see, and and, and, I, and that's that's like Neutral Milk Hotel is a band that I got into in probably the end of high school that a girlfriend of mine was a big fan of, and I don't even know what his lyrics really are, but like for instance, right. that, that song the uh, the the one about over the ocean in the airplane over the sea, yeah, that's that's a song that I that probably has made me cry before without yeah. even knowing what he's saying, but just the feeling of right. it, yeah, I think when I like. I'm trying to make something. I'm trying to evoke that feeling. And often, I don't know. You answer this question. <laughs> I, I'm curious of this. Does, is it that, do amazing lyrics feel right? It's like, what's the diff- the distance between a poem and a song that's that's very like satisfying, but the message is also like very solid and it's very a sound uh, lyrical experience? Right where it's like a song like that, it feels right to me. It feels amazing. I don't yeah. know what he's saying. I know little bits of it. I don't need to know what the meaning of the song is, but it feels magical to me. Does it mean that the lyrics are going to be good for it? Are going to be good when I dive into it, or does it not guarantee that? Will it be disappointing, and I will be like, "Fuck! I should not have looked at that." <laughs> the only song that I looked up the words and liked the song a lot less was the song "Ooh La La" by The Faces. <laughs> You know that song? I sing it. I wish that oh, we talked I about this. Oh, we talked about this. When I was older. That was probably the last time I saw you was around when I was doing this cover gig and I was learning yeah. all these songs. Yeah, I looked up those lyrics and they're a bummer, dude. That, okay, <laughs> we, we talked about this already. Exactly about this, how that's a Word. song that feels incredible. It's like a great moment, but then the lyrics yeah. are just the lyrics are not kind of ideal. Like, they're not ideal. It's just kind of like this old dude talking to his kid being like, yeah, I used to fuck all these chicks and like, these bitches will get to you one day, bro. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the most nostalgic. Yeah. Sweet. I think it's that line, though. I think it's, dude, I wish I knew then what I know now. Perfect example of that. It's like the moment of that in the song 
makes me not give a shit about. Th- I mean, I don't exactly. listen to that song on a regular basis, but yeah. when it comes on, that I guess yeah. I guess that I can lyric- ignore everything else, get into the vibe, and then that lyric, yeah, is what does it for me. Yeah, and which is a whole other side of music of being for the moment, like for a commercial or something, right? Where it's like, fuck all the other lyrics, but this moment is the right feeling that needs yeah. to be conveyed that allows somebody to come up with their own meaning of it. Yeah. Or something. To answer your larger question, yeah. I think about the difference between poems and songs a lot. Um, I still don't really know. Um, but... There are definitely like certain, and even poems too, that are just like, even if they're not like a coherent logical story yeah. that makes logical sense, I feel like something can make total emotional sense, which is kind of like why those, I feel those Kings of Leon songs on those first bunch of records are so interesting and so captivating. Yeah. And sometimes it is like the mood of the words or an image rather than like a, a, you can like extrapolate like a thesis statement or something like I think about the song Jesus etc a lot by Wilco I don't know very very beautiful song like an indie hit you yeah. know I could not tell you what that song is about um but it means so much to me yeah. and to everyone who hears it and Jeff Tweedy as a writer is someone who will kind of be in this abstract beautiful place and then bring it to something really like concrete immediate yeah. uh yeah i don't know i don't know but I, it's it's interesting to think about you yeah. know because like there are so many of my favorite songs that aren't like jane woke up and she was sad and where are you going jane now you're happy <laughs> i don't know yeah it's i i think i think uh a song can be a poem, but a poem isn't necessarily a song. Mm. Where it's, I don't think it's necessarily, uh, I mean, it's my mind, a song has, well, I don't know. Sometimes things are said in a poem that are like, that are very powerful, but just don't need to be in a song. Like it could, you know, right. but it, having something be in a song, there are many, it needs to sound a particular way for it to fit into the mold of what a song is to, and yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It's like when does producing become songwriting? You know, when yeah. does sound design become film score? You know, yeah. like all of these things. Like when does talking become performing? You when know, does, yeah, talking become art. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean podcasts. This is art. This is art. This is art. <laughs> exactly. Or or like we were talking about earlier, like those different vehicles of like writing or some shit. Yeah, I just wrote left-handed and it felt. Insane, because I'm not left-handed. <laughs> it was so wrong. <laughs> Dude, thank you so much for making time to hang. Of course, we're neighbors. Yeah, we are! Hey, you ever go to Maury's Bagels? Dude, no. It is such a gem. Really? Dude, we I go there- I walked by it, and I thought to myself the other day, I was like, why have I not been to this place? This it's, was yesterday, I had this thought. It's incredible. We've been going basically every weekend. Whoa. I'm so happy that they are seeing success. And bagels are the move there? Dude. I mean, that's their thing. Cool. Get a coffee and a, and a bagel or oh. a bagel and a half. Oh, my Woo! God. They have a salt and pepper bagel, cream cheese. It's pretty bomb. That sounds great. I might do this tomorrow. Fabulous. I like it. Where can people find your stuff? Um, Midi Matilda on Spotify is where all my music is. Um, 
and uh, yeah, or YouTube, wherever. We do a lot of music videos and music and all types of things. But if you go on the Google sphere, you'll get it. Word. Thank you, Logan. Thank you for having me. Of course, man. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking. Happy sad talking.